Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon community. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Kola. And I'm Kikita Kaori. And we have all kinds of things today. A bunch of stuff. Um, the kind of overall, the kind of headline is new fiction, The Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow, Chapter 1. But this is all part of a big event. This is kind of the big blowout to the LCG. So this this is this is all a great big thing. So we're going to start off with a bumper crop of news. One off-topic piece of news, uh, not related to the Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow and no, latest but still awesome. of that, but still awesome, is uh, we have received an official press release from Aconite Press that the new Daidoji Shin novel, Death's Kiss, is coming out to June 1st. So that is lovely, and I can't wait. Yeah. I'm, I, if nothing else, I mean, first off, Poison River was amazing. And she'll rush out and, and get that if you haven't already. But just the fact that the novel series looks like that is going to be continuing. Really, I, I think, yeah, with the, with the card game shutting down, everyone was kind of go, oh no, is that it for Legend of the Five Rings? And I don't think so. I think I think this means that Legend of the Five Rings as a whole does have some legs on it and does. And so that's does my heart good. <laughs> But we have this whole thing, whole new thing. This, yep, they're to celebrate the end of the card game. So uh, all of these end up being due April twenty third. But there's three contests. One is a fan fiction contest, and the fan fiction contest will start accepting submissions on March fifteenth. The winner of the fan fiction contest gets to have their story made part of the official L five R canon. So um, maybe you might not win if you made an elephant a governor. <laughs> <laughs> elephant is now, again, the champion of the Crab Clan. No, I, I think that's reasonably unlikely. <laughs> However, you could, you could find a, a, a lot of neat things to do in that. Um, there is an art contest. Uh, submissions for that start being accepted on April 14th. And the winner of that fan art contest gets uh, some special prizes and a pack of the Underfu Lang's Shadow, which is the new big cooperative box set that is coming along. And finally, there is a costume contest, L5R costume contest. Uh, Submissions for that start on March 29th. And the winner for that gets prizes and also a pack of Underfulang shadows. So whether your creativity is in art or writing or making stuff, design, there there are places for you, uh, for all of us RPG folks who don't play the card game. We can, we can play too. Composition, aesthetics, and design. There you go. The three, the three skills. <laughs> This is all due to the big, like, as the last fiction, Collapse. Akumana Oni basically smashed his way through the wall. And this is all the big, the big kind of fallout from that. So the next two pieces of news are related to that. Uh, Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow, Chapter 1, 
follows directly on from that and is the consequences of. But there is going to be a parallel story coming out, Heroes of Legend, which is going to be everything that's happening up in Otosan Uchi with Shouju and Ujiaki and all their friends. <laughs> and many of their not friends, who I think is everyone else. <laughs> so those, those are going to be alternating week to week. And obviously, we'll be reporting on those as soon as they come out. Yes. And in addition, there's going to be a, well, there is already going on, voting. So anybody who is uh, a lover of L5R can go to a vote link um, and pick uh, from a variety of brackets that they have to figure out who is going to be facing uh, the Oni. So each round, you're picking the characters that you want to bring into the story from the selections available and uh, then get to, you know, ultimately face down with uh, Oni no Akuma, the big bad of this, this part of L5R. And these, this is called the Battle for the Ages, and it's a series of what you're what you're voting on is a series of one on one. Not quite sure matches is quite the right words, but you, there is a pairing, and you pick one of the pairing. Mm-hmm. So they have four pairings up. Four pairings at the moment, and that that's going to change as things go on. And I think there are still some slots where we don't know who's in it like like there's a big long list of people and we yeah okay we know this these this person versus this person all that kind of stuff but i think there are some gaps in there so we there are some folks who have not yet been announced yeah we know we know eight of the final 16 so we'll get another another eight now so yeah one one of them was a really hard choice for me one was a really hard choice. I'm not going to say which one, but one of them was a really hard choice. So there's a bunch of stuff happening right now, and there's a bunch of ways for people to get involved, which I think is rather nice. Yes, especially for us RPG players who don't get to interact with the storyline a whole lot. So go for it. <laughs> and that brings us to our discussion of the Battle of Cherry Blossom Snow, Chapter 1. Uh, this is by... Robert Denton III. This takes place the 9th of Tagashi in 1123. So just wanted to do a quick calendar reminder, especially since I've been getting it wrong a fair bit too. This is starts the 9th of January, equivalent in our years. The year starts the beginning of March. I don't think that's changed, but it may have. <laughs> so basically at this point, the army of Oni no Akuma has, has basically swept through Crablands, taking numerous fortresses with it and laying low the Crab clan champion Hida Kasada. Hida Sukune has assumed command of the Crab forces and is fighting a retreating battle back to Memikake, which is in the Shinoma forest. And he, he is retreating back into the lands of the minor clans. Uh, Crablands have basically been overrun. Uh, Sukune is joined by the forces of the minor clans, the Wasp, Falcon, Kitsune, uh, Otter, and Mantis, and finally by Shiba Sukune, who has come south looking for Asako Suki and Asawa Tadaka. Meanwhile, on the 14th of January, uh, Asawa Tadaka is given the porcelain mask of Fulang, we think, to see what they have 
come with Kuniyori into the Shadowlands to discover the Temple of the Ninth Kami, and in it, the ways that humans can defeat the Ninth. So this is about a month after uh, the second coup. Yeah. Uh, Sho- Shoju is on the throne. The Scorpion and Lion coup. <laughs> Part two. Mm. And uh, I'm not quite sure how long it is since Collapse. It's it's about a month after Collapse as well. Mm. I did yeah. get that so, confirmed. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's all going down. And a whole bunch of interesting things happen, including people you know, having revelations and it's a really, really good fiction. I really, I, I think you should all go and read it because it's, it's just some fantastic stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will do Law Nuggets. Let's do that. Hida Kasada gets very severely wounded in the first sentence. <laughs> it's a heck of a first sentence, I tell you. With a spear through his belly, defending the castle of the Forgotten, mm-hmm. which may well be a nod back to... The original timeline where he went down to a belly wound from the sword of the Hante and lingered for a long, long time. We don't know his current status. He lived long enough to officially hand over control to Sukune mm-hmm. and give him some advice. So he might be incapacitated, but not necessarily dead. Yes. But his current status is unknown. Right. The Castle of the Forgotten, which is the one that had fallen at the very start of this story, was the home of the Hida Berserkers. Um, it's not Kuden Hida, but it is kept very well away from the traders' roads and other parts um, because of the nature of the Berserkers. I did confirm with Mr. Denton that likely... A number of other Hida fortresses have also fallen, in particularly uh, the Barracks of the Damned, which is, of course, not great for anybody. (laughs) If you look at the map, the Castle of the Nation, which is the Cooney family castle, is uh, also uh, likely to have fallen um, because it's right in the path. So uh, with Cooney Yuri not around to take care of it, who knows what they have in the basement anyway, but <laughs> if the situation yeah. is bad enough as is, I doubt it'll fall into the relevance. <laughs> it is of interest that Kisara left the guard to Sukune and not Yakamo, although having seen the two of them, entirely understandable, if I'm yeah. honest. <laughs> Though Yakamo is carrying, I believe, the clan sword and is the designated heir, but which is... Yeah. Uh, Reason to believe that Kasada is still alive, just um, indisposed. After the fall of the Castle of Forgotten is when heralds went to all the Great Glen families and to the Imperial Palace and everywhere else that they could think of. Uh, it, yeah. I thought it was interesting to note that the Crab did still consider it a great source of shame that they fell. Yeah. But they did... Uh, call on the other clans eventually. And what we don't know is how long after collapse the Castle of the Forgotten happened. Mm. All right. So we know that this scene happens in, like I said, January, but we don't know how long after collapse this, this scene happened. In any event, travel, unless you are Sukune, Shiba Sukune, 
with Shukinja and stuff is going to be tr- hard. This is winter. Interestingly, Akavana Oni, despite having a massive great big army and pretty much a free run to Otosan Uchi, is not heading that way. He is heading to the Shinomen Forest, approaching lands around the Meimikake and the lakes of Cherry Blossom Snow, which sounds significant given the title. And that's on the southern end of the Shinomen Forest. So Sukune believes that because of the nature of the Shinomen Forest and its history, there are a lot of dead bodies there, whereas everywhere else the dead are cremated. There are generations of dead there, which could be raised as an even bigger army of undead by Akamai So that's Sukune's current theory. But there may be other reasons, because we know that there is another pit or something similar in the Shinomen, or nearby anyway. But there are also the Naga in there, so there might be another reason that we have not yet met. Yeah, we have not heard from the Naga since very early in the storyline, but we know that they are there in the Shinoma Forest and they just haven't shown their faces yet. So I suppose this might make them pop out. (laughs) We hear some more about the minor clans. As I said, we're at virtually a minor clan lands now and they have joined the battle. Uh, The Falcon clan is led by its daimyo, but it's also led by the Council of Twilight, which is mentioned. Now, we have learned in the Shadowlands source book, the Council of Twilight is a monastery in Falconlands, which houses the wisest and most venerable monks uh, who retired from the Falcon. And they study the nature of the haunted land they inhabit. And then they use that knowledge of the ghost to guide the clan against spirits. So they, in particular, the falcon samurai tend to get caught up with the ghosts and um, go a little crazy sometimes. And the Council of Twilight studies these falcon who have gone a little crazy and and learns revelations about the future and and so on from them. Uh, Yakumo says that the falcon can't hold swords, which amused me. The falcon perfectly do use swords. Uh, they carry them with sacred scriptures wrapped around them. They start out with a daisho. Um, yeah. Yakumo's just being Yakumo, honestly. <laughs> Here they are fighting with spears, and they're very good at seeing the invisible. Cool. Yep. We also have, in terms right, with more minor clan stuff, the Sparrow have shown up. We don't know a huge amount of them. In Old Lore, they were an offshoot of the Crane, who their founder made um, an unfortunate remark about uh, glorious poverty. And so, here, have some poverty. But their lands are closest. They are working with farmers, and they are fighting with slings. So this is a lot like Old 5R. They are the they're very rural poor clan and they work hand to hand in the land with the farmers so Sukuni wants to peasants who have signed up in addition they the kitsuni have joined in uh the kitsuni don't have a warrior tradition per this we've had warrior kitsune in old 5r a bit but here it's all shigenja pretty much and um they are, see them 
uh, Sukune sees the Kitsune Shingenja fighting using what looks like the gossamer outline of a bear. So uh, the Kitsune are known for calling on the spirits of the forest, the spirits of Chikshudo, the animals to help them in their in their fight. Uh, that's that clan, and we may see more of them. Yes, I mean we, we, we're getting a whole bunch of, of interesting things going on with the, with these these minor clans. Uh, which so we're literally in in many ways in terms of the fiction we're seeing more than I think entirely. Yeah, we saw a we had a falcon and a hare minor clan fiction and some mantis, but yeah, yeah. Um, so we also have a a mention of the otter clan, <laughs> which is which is amusing. This was made as an April Fool's joke for the last province podcast in April twenty nineteen. Oh, so many years ago now. <laughs> well, not that many, but uh, no, Robert Denton no. is. But it, it feels is, that way sometimes. Right. Robert Denton, who wrote this story, is one of the people on the Last Province podcast. So they had introduced this clan as a joke, and now it is canon. It is new. It has not been mentioned in uh, L5R before. If they keep to the tradition of the family name just being the animal name, as happens with minor clans. And in the podcast. <laughs> and in the podcast, yeah. There'll be Kawa Uso would be their family name. It's not mentioned in the actual fiction. Although there are some leaning towards Usugawa as the family name. They work the river trade up and down the River of Gold. Uh, act as riverboat guards, that kind of thing, and they fight with oars. <laughs> so now we've got to have you know the Otter Clan Mon and everything else. So we shall, we shall see um, more fan service. Uh, <laughs> in addition, a little later on in the story, we also have introduced Suruchi. So Suruchi yes. is the founder of the Wasp Clan uh, in. New L5R in this storyline, they have changed Suruchi's gender from male to female because more awesome people needed to be, you know, of both either gender. Um, they looks like at least Sukune knows about Suruchi, yes, her her story, uh, and thinks about it when he sees her, which is that she had a lion mother and a scorpion father and she captured Trader's Keep which was a scorpion castle, her father's castle uh, with a small group of ronin and now it's called the Castle of the Wasp. This is a little different from Old 5R but not a large amount. In Old 5R, Suruchi was male and his parents were assassinated and then it was the lion who took the keep and almost killed him, and then he came back years later for revenge, and in his uh, desire for revenge, spurned um, Bushido as a guiding principle. Uh, in either event, uh, Suruchi appealed to the Emerald Champion once the keep was reclaimed, and the Emerald Champion uh, had grudges against both the scorpion and the lion, for good reason. <laughs> yeah. in, in any event... Sasabe saw the opportunity to make 
basically piss off both of them and make uh, the Wasp a minor clan and put his own ally in that place. So the Wasp, uh, under the leadership of Suruchi, became a minor clan of bounty hunters and archers in service to the Emerald Magistrates. Uh, apparently, this was one of Satsume's last acts before he died. And the Scorpions say that the Emperor did not sign off on it, but they yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> he may not have. He may have. Uh, they wouldn't know. But in all of the storylines, the thing Saruchi is most known for is her, his amazing archery. Oh, and yes. And so that was to full effect here, uh, she flung, flings a sake bottle and takes down an opponent with that high deadliness weapon. Um, she then shoots three arrows at once, one of them correcting a parry that Hida Sukune was making that was with a humming bulb arrow and two killing two more opponents. So, you know, Legolas has got nothing on her. That was, uh, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> the, the 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 two lines which I just loved is Sukune referring to her as oh yours the scorpion's princess thief the little wasp which I thought was like <laughs> brave man <laughs> and and right at the end once he's worked out oh right okay I, I this is who you are this is what you're doing fine uh, you're hired report to my sister she should get a real kick out of you. <laughs> And yes, she probably will. (laughs) (laughs) That was just, this was just amazing. I loved, I loved her introduction. It was just super, super cool. I loved this whole thing because you've got all these minor clans coming in and being awesome and being interesting. However, there were some more sensitive moments, and I, I that I really appreciated in this story. Um, one one part, we have this impression made overall, and it's carried here that that Yakumo is a bit of a meathead, you know, and his 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 opinion is not going to count. That he just thinks everyone else is weak, and the story has given us that so far. He, he's he's acted, but. In this story, you know, he sets it up so that um, we think Yakimo is just complaining, oh, these weak minor clans, they can't yeah, like yeah. us. And uh, we're ready to dismiss it. And Sukune is ready to dismiss it as complaining. But the truth is, he's got a point. Yes. Yakimo is right. You can't teach just anybody how to fight like a crab who's been drilling in heavy armor their whole lives and and you you can't have all the clans fight fight the same way all these minor clans fight the same way certain techniques just they you know a hita technique is going to be built for somebody with the body of a of a hita it's it's not going to work for all of these different different clans so so i liked that sukune like Starts to dismiss him as a meathead, even though he's the older brother. And then, like, oh, he's got point. Yes, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of Yakimo's complaining was. He certainly, I don't think he was trying to say. By the way, little brother, you should use the minor clans according to their abilities, not just try and pretend that they're crab. Or whether he really was just saying, 
they're a bunch of idiots and they can't do what I I think they should be like us and they're not. Rah. Well, I don't think he was saying either. I think he was saying, I can't train them, which is different. It's not saying they're a bunch of idiots necessarily. It's saying, I can't, I can't train them. And that's an acknowledgement of, of weakness. So I actually took that, even though it was written to sound a little bit like he's being a lunkhead, uh, as a little bit of growth there for Yakimo. And he has more points of that in the story, and I, I appreciated that. Uh, but the crab just don't have very much left, so they only have like a third of their bushi left. So Yes. I mean, I'm kind of hoping. The actual statement is now with only a third of the crab's mustering forces intact – Kind of hoping that means that some of them are just scattered and unavailable and not just gone forever. But either way, it's not good. This this is not a good situation. I mean, it, it is it is referring to the all of the remaining crab forces as being little more than a bump in the road, which is just a terrifying situation when you think about it for the the rest of rest of rock game. We we also uh, who else we we have mentioned we have another mention that calls back to a previous story, uh, Katsuo, who is the spokesman and volunteer from the the peasants from Ishigaki Province, and it just so happens we've met a Katsuo from Ishigaki Province before, and he was the one who managed to survive the destruction of Kurusunai village in the story of the same name by uh, Chris Longhurst, where that village was destroyed by Shadowlands forces, in fact, by lost samurai. And so it's probably the same guy. And I think that's rather neat that he has survived and is actually getting stuff done and, and is kind of making his mark. My theory is that this is Toku. That's <laughs> the new Toku. He's the new Toku. Um, That's interesting. <laughs> but we'll see. I, 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 I love that that we do have a spokesperson or a, a representative in there from Heyman. Uh, let's see. So Yoritomo is mentioned, and he does show up a little later. Um, he goes by Son of Storms uh, and, you know, all, all these grand titles. He's, he's, he's still got plenty of Yoritomo ego. The Son of Storm's title he's always had is because he is the descendant of Osana Wo. And offering he is offering equal. his aid as an equal. So Yeah, very very specifically. He's offering uh, his um, aid offer- as a major clan, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't be un- he wouldn't be following any orders but his own. Which is a big, big significant thing compared to all the minor clans. For him to do that is is pretty much pretty pretty significant. And very in line with what he's up to. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. We get the first mention for those who haven't read the crab novella of Kikyo, the armor of the crab. If Sukune wears it, he will control the Gashadokuro, which is a ginormous skeleton made of the bodies of the dead, which comes with the risk of corruption. And also a worry that given that... Undead are very much a thing of the Shadowlands, and Akuma Naoni is raising lots of undead. Might that mean that he does summon the ginormous skeleton that Akuma Naoni could take control of it? So he's kind of Sukune's looking at it and going, "Not sure. This could be really good, 
Or yeah, it could be that. a big, uh, big giant monster versus giant monster fight. My giant skeleton versus uh, Onino Akuma. But maybe it won't work. And so Sukune is waffling on this and he says, is, is he, you know, I would have taken it. This. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Pacific Rim, do it. <laughs> it could be really bad though. Um, but their camp is invaded by the lost, which are living samurai who were corrupted by the Shadowlands, who have managed to infiltrate. So it is a good thing when uh, then then all the fighting begins, and uh, that's when uh, Shiba Sukune shows up with the Phoenix. Yes, yes, a whole bunch of Phoenix. In fact, it turns out uh, Shiba Sukune has also gone through a novella, which is why she has some abilities, including a glowing purple eye that can see Toshigoku, the realm of slaughter. That happened in Sword and Spirits, the Phoenix novella, just as Kikyo was found in Trail of Shadows, which is the Crab novella. She has brought the Inferno Guard, a dozen Phoenix Shugenja and possibly some non-Shugenja archers. They specialize in fire. So they're big on unleashing holy hell on the battlefield. I mean, just wave after wave of fire. There's a reason they're called the Inferno Guard, and that's what's mentioned here. It is kind of what you need in situations like this. And we also have Asako Maezawa, who is the Inquisitor from Hidden Markings and also in Sword and Spirits. So he's her major advisor and an Inquisitor. Yep. And a Shigenja. They are down here looking for... Asakotsuki, who was sent to find Isawa Tadaka. So all sorts of plot lines are now converging. Right. So um, in Beyond Reach, Suki, in the story Beyond Reach, Suki discovered Kuniyori's Bloodspeaker stuff and was taken to Yakumo as a Bloodspeaker, but she jumped out of the window before she escaped. And it looks like Yakumo told Sukune this, and it didn't go well. And the scene where Hida oh Sukune so and uh, <laughs> Hida Oushi are running to stop him. And it's like... Yeah, so wh- it's why Yaku- are you running, little brother? And he's going, Yakumo, diplomacy! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but Yakumo did pull it out by himself, and actually Hida Sukune and Oushi did not have to step in. He He successfully negotiated with Sukune by himself. So he's kind of like showing a little bit of, um, I guess, like growth well, underneath that. Oh, well, I, mostly it's, we don't have time for this, Akuma no Oni. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was pretty I, much, you know. <laughs> I say it was sophisticated negotiation, but it was obviously less than Hida Sukune expected. Can I roll tactics instead of courtier? I suppose. <laughs> I think anyway. that's pretty much how it worked. Yeah, and that was, no, that that whole scene was was pretty astonishing, and, and it just puts more pieces on the board. It's it's just super. In any event, at the end of the whole thing, Sukuni puts together a plan for the forces at his command, uh, focusing on using each of the minor clans in their best way rather than trying to force them all to work like crab. And while he's laying out the plan, Yoritomo is there and Yoritomo asked to go pa- go guard a single pass 
single narrow pass alone. And when Sukune says that that would, you know, he's like, sorry, that that's not really likely that anybody could guard a pass alone. I can't really risk just leaving one person there. Uh, so Sukune is trying to be diplomatic and he says, that would normally take 20 of one's strongest men to hold. And Yuritomo says, I'll manage. <laughs> so to explain I to love that line. non-Old 5R people, um, this is a throwback to Old 5R. Uh, there is a big, gigantic fight at uh, against um, a world-ending monster, the Lying Darkness. And the water dragon is gathering heroes from every clan to fight fight the Lying Darkness. And he comes to the Mantis and comes to Yoritomo and tells Yoritomo to bring his strongest men into battle. And Yoritomo looks at his troops and sees that they're pretty haggard and not likely to make it. And he says to the water dragon, I am my 20 strongest men. And uh, that's what that's calling back to. So Yoritomo saying that he he individually is his 20 strongest men is such a quintessential Yoritomo moment that uh, Bobby Denton has managed to bring into his story without actually ever having Yoritomo say that he is the 20 strongest man and invoking groans all around. <laughs> So that but was the line is there. The line is implied, and it's I loved it. <laughs> it's such a beautiful way of putting it in. I just think. It's... Um, and then, as I said, there's this growth for Yakumo kind of mm. throughout this this story. Like you see little hints, and at the very end, you get a very sweet moment of Yakumo saying he trusted. Uh, yeah, Sukune, and I really like that. I I like that. The crab children, the three crab children, are a functional family. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, They're working together. Not, not every family in Rokugan is that for all kinds of reasons. Um, and we, we see family dynamics play out in very different ways in the lion and, in, of course, in the crane. Um, but And then the unicorn, of course, they're very close. Alter and Sinai's mm. three children are very close. Here we kind of have, uh, they are close, but they don't, they aren't at all alike. None of them are alike no. or anything like that. They're very different from each other. But here they kind of come together and, and I appreciated that, that sweet yeah. there. It was, it was really nice. But enough of nice things. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> meanwhile, we start. We have a little mean, a little, little meanwhile. This is uh, technically a few days later. Mm -hmm. This is the, the 14th day of the month of Togashi 1123, somewhere in the Shadowlands. We start off with Isawa Tadaka's memories of his master, Rujo, about a darkness in him, which comes from the story Repentance Does Not Come First. He wonders where Rujo is. Rujo had been forced to become a ronin after Tadaka beat him in a duel for the elemental master of earth position so whereas rujo could be anywhere he could be fighting oninokuma mm, could be so what happens in this little section is that as we've mentioned previously being brought here to a 
an area that, according to Kuniyori, is where the record of how Fu Leng was beaten is where the, this is this is where it is so uh, uh, and that that's kind of the thing that's coming on on, on now so yeah so this is the, this is where this is all led up to here so we have a couple of other references you know lore nugget is they refer to kuniyori's uh makeup his face paint as arigato style kabuki makeup so arigato is rough style or the big dramatic style of kabuki um the actual it's not that name of that that makeup itself the specific make it makeup is called kumadori and it's normally dramatic red or blue on on white so just so you know the arigato comes from the style of kabuki not the style of makeup yeah you you have a few other types um but yeah, the Aragato is the big, the big adventure stuff and big heroic, raw, very gruff, and stuff like that. You have you have more realistic or more softer styles. But yeah, that's that's the makeup that Kuniyori wear in very specific type. Uh, we have mention of the Seven Thunders. The story here that um, Tadaka or Kuniyori asks uh, Suki to recite. It's a very nice retelling of what the common perception of the Seven Thunders would be in Rokugan, that the little teacher gathered the thunders who were mortal humans of each clan together to defeat Fuleng. And apparently it is much less known that Shiba went out to find Asawa and gave his life to save Shinsei and Shishoro and that they came back with the 12 Black Scrolls. So the original story they defeated is well known. That they came back with Black Scrolls is not well known, even to a librarian. Yes, yes. I thought that was quite significant because Tsuki is a Phoenix librarian, and you had to pick someone in our current fiction who would know that sort of thing, especially because she's into that. This, this, I would have thought this would be her thing, but she doesn't know it either which I think is kind of gives you an idea of just how rare it is. She's she's too busy writing fanfic. Uh, yeah, I can only assume. So let's hope she survives long enough to, to write some really good stuff. We learn that Kuni and Togashi met Shosuro and Shinsei when they returned, and they were told how Fu Leng was defeated. But that scroll was stolen by Tadaka's ancestor, Isawa Akuma, who just so happens to be the same... Iso Akuma, who gave his name to Akuma no Oni. Right. So it all is coming back full circle. Mm-hmm. So as you said earlier, they're now in the place where that original fight happened, which is now the Temple of Fulang. But to, to mortal eyes, it's just a big, flat, kind of slight depression in the landscape. That's all he sees at this point, which is... Right. Uh, and... Basically, that's where they are now, and that's where Akuma, the original Asawa Akuma, took the this account of um, how Fuleng was defeated going out there. So they find this fat depression in the ground, and Kuniyori gives Tadaka the porcelain mask. We've seen this in other of his stories before. It's the porcelain mask of Ichiban's tomb. 
there's like multiple. That's what Yoga Junso might be. Is it the porcelain mask of Fu Lang? It's not spelled out specifically, but it's definitely a, a big, powerful porcelain mask mojo thing. And the mask lets him see as though he were severely tainted. So when Tadaka puts it on, he can see the world as if he were severely tainted. Uh, it also, though it isn't said, but it would make sense to me if it acted as a disguise of some sort that would allow him to go in there mm. and 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 get it. So we'll we'll see if it does that. Yeah. But basically, when he puts on the mask, he sees this huge nine-story obsidian tainted temple to Fulang on this this spot. At that point, basically, Kuniyori is about to stab Sadaka, and Spike in the Guts, who's the Nizumi friend who is with them, uh, stabs Kuniyori. Kuniyori goes down. Goes Spike in the Guts. Uh, and Kuniyori is even kind of, no, 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 that's fair. Fair. Perfectly reasonable. Didn't think I was going to survive this anyway. It's fine. Um, but he conveniently... Yeah, it's, it's kind of, don't, don't worry, I can explain the plot before I die. <laughs> yes. And he Basically, at this close to the temple, anybody who is tainted, which would be most people, um, barring you know, plenty of jade and master of earth who spews trade magic freely, becomes subject to the will of Fulang. So that's why Kuniyori goes to stab him. Kuniyori is convinced that Fulang is returning. And Tadaka has come to Crablands in the first place because apparently he has had dreams, nightmares, visions of something terrible coming to Rokugan. And he needs to find out what it is to solve it. That's what's driving him. Now, this could be Fulang, and this is what they believe. However, being as we all know, that Oni no Akuma is marching on Rokugan, even while they're down here mucking around in the Shadowlands. It could be that he's sensing uh, Oni no Akuma, and it's his ancestor speaking that way, and not Fulang. There's so many little parallels that I feel like Fulang is out there somewhere. But Oni no Akuma could well just be the the prelude. Right. The one smashing down the door and making things happen. So that's that's that. Wow. That's that. That's that's yeah. Wow wow indeed. Oof, that's a that's a a lot happens and it it's all very significant and, and it reveals a lot. There's a lot of lore going on here and a lot of events going on. And lots of fan service. There's just so many things to make uh make fans go, wow, yes, they, they included that. Um, so that was, that was great, and I hope we get to see that in the other stories to come. But uh, it, was a, it was a very good job, and uh, it, it makes for some great visual. Um, I imagine, I don't know what a Sukune's plan is. Um, it should be entertaining. Uh, I don't know what Yoritomo's plan is. Either, though, I feel like he's probably going to drag his uh, uh, Kudaka along with him uh, and just not tell anybody because that sounds like a Yoritomo thing to do. 
yep, we, we need and Tadaka's plan. and Yeah, Tadaka starts out going into the Temple of the Ninth Kami. So I hope that Suki doesn't get dragged along in that place. And she's all right because she's a, she's a lovely cinnamon bun and she needs to, you know. She, she must be protected. She must be against protected. Against all evil. <laughs> but she, uh, Tadaka is going into the temple to get this scroll. And we don't know what will happen from there. But if Old 5R were to go on in the story, were to continue, I could see him finding stuff about having to open 12 black scrolls, which would lead us to several interesting places in the Phoenix. No, I don't think that this story will go to Day of Thunder. I think that this will go to a climactic battle versus Oni no Akuma, and they will leave open Day of Thunder stuff for a future story to come. Future story, possibly a future game. Possibly a future game. We haven't got everything decided yet. Um, the whole That whole part of Clan Wars and against Fulang is much better set up for um, co-op than like this smaller infighting when you've got one big enemy, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in many ways, the clan versus clan stuff is, it's, it's, it's almost more like what you'd expect in the aftermath as people kind of try and get some kind of, you know, take what they can out of the ruins. But we will see when that comes up. I will mention one other thing that I found very interesting. Okay. Which is actually from the Battle for the Ages which is that Togashi Yokuni, champion of the Dragon Clan, is one of the 16 contestants that has been put forward. And bearing in mind this, so I'll, this is on the, the same level as Shiba Tsukune, Yogo Kikuyo, Takashi Kazue, Hida Oushi, that kind of person, which given the speculation, because the the champion of the Dragon Clan in Old 5R was Kuyo. He called himself Togashi Yokuni, but was actually Togashi the Kami, who hadn't died and had been around for a thousand years. Implication, Togashi Yokuni in 5th edition isn't. He's just a bloke, which is very interesting. Or it could be him acting, because it, he feels like he has could to be. act. You know, it's not that Togashi never acts. He just tries not to act because he is saving himself for important things. So it could be that he's like, he acts and then he loses a little of his foresight and that could be a thing. Yeah, I, I, I could I could, I could, could well be reading more into it. Yeah, I wouldn't, than, I wouldn't read too much into just him being on the vote. That doesn't mean we don't see more, but anyway... That was it. We have been talking about this story for a while, and I imagine that our environment series is going to be on hold for a bit as we eagerly talk about all the other ones that come up in this uh, in this storyline. So look forward to that. Hopefully we'll have good things for you to some insights, or at least tell you which other fictions to go look at if you've forgotten some of them. So so you know where all these references are and pulling it all together. Because sometimes you're, you get a little rusty and you want to know which ones to go check out. Yeah, we have links to all the things that we discovered for this one and all, all, all the things that were connected. We're going to have all of that in our show notes, including you know, links to news about the new Shin novel, 
uh, all the fictions that get referenced and the last province podcast that mentions the Otter Clan and, 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 and. So do check out our show notes for links to all of this. And let us know your theories or just to gush. We like to hear that. Yeah, you can do that too. But uh, that's it for us this week. I wanted to give a call out to our Court Games Network, including the L5R LCG podcast. We do still have ongoing our two actual play role-playing podcasts, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife, as well as our friends at D20 Radio. You can find us online at courtgamespod.com. Our content is funded by the Discord community Patreon, which supports our editing costs, as well as our website, where you can find long-term information, including some of our podcasts, our forums, RPG tools, and a lot more. And for our patrons, we've got special bonus content like Adventure Seeds, early access to our AP podcasts, and more. You can find us online at courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames. But that's it for us. Uh, this is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Korva. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.